Dave and Ryan's movie review and action. Everyone loves going to the movies. And while some are amazing, some are awful. Fortunately, we have Dave and Ryan, two guys with nothing better to do than watch movies of today and movies of yesterday. So get your popcorn ready, silence your phones, and relax, because the show is about to begin. Cue Dave and Ryan in three, two, one. It's Dave and Ryan's movie review. Sponsored by nobody. Ryan, my friend, here we go again. Let's talk about some movies. How was your week? It was super duper. How was yours? It was not too bad. A little not, cold, a little cold. A little cold, but you know what? It's January. We should be used to that by now. You would think. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. All right. So, you know, we got a lot to go on. We, we're going to talk about some movies that we're, you know, things that have happened, things that are going on and, and that kind of stuff. But before we get into any of that, we got to go to Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood Boulevard, the place of glitz, glamour, and dreams. Just kidding. This place is a dump. That's why Dave and Ryan come here each week. You get the news from Hollywood without fearing for your life on the Walk of Fame. It's This Week in Hollywood. Okay, so first up, Golden Globes were Sunday night. Did you watch yes, any of them? I, I watched part of it. I was watching a football game and crying. You know, the thing about the Golden Globes are... Um, it's one of those nights that are always, it seems like every, like the Golden Globes, the SAG Awards, all that stuff is like a precursor to the Oscars and they kind of pale in comparison when it comes to the Oscars. But the Golden Globes is always fun because it's really kind of more relaxed than anything else. Yeah. You know, the Golden Globes, you know, it's a nice, um... Uh, you know, it's a nice war show. You know, it's it's not the Oscars. You know, the Oscars is um, has gotten really political over the last decade. Um, you know, the the winner, you know, the the winner isn't always the best film. You know, it, there's a lot of politicking that goes on and quite behind honestly, the scenes. You know, the Oscars the past few years has gotten pretty violent. Right, Will Smith? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So let's talk about the Oscars. They said Sunday night they were handed out. Uh, Oppenheimer and Poor Things, or not the Oscars. Let's talk about the Golden Globes. Yeah. Let's start that over again. Come on, pull, Dave. Pull a Willy Wonka and stop and reverse that. And Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. So Oppenheimer and Poor Things came away the big winners of the night. Now, Nolan's biopic about the father of the atomic bomb, uh, Robert Oppenheimer, was nominated for eight awards, and it walked away with five, including Best Picture Drama, Director, Lead Actor for Killian Murphy, and Supporting Actor for Robert Downey Jr., and Original Score for Ludwig Göransson. Yeah. I think one of the highlights of the night was Robert Downey Jr.'s acceptance speech. Yes. I, I don't know if you saw that or not. When he That's, says, and to my fellow nominees, let's not take this as a compliment. <laughs> I guess I'm the most improved player because he was up against some heavy hitters. Yeah. He was up against De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, Ryan Gosling and Ken. And I think that's interesting how they do that for the Golden Globes. Whereas in the Oscars, it's just movies and it's best supporting actor and it's best actor. Yeah. But in the Golden Globes, they do best supporting actor for what is it? Comedy or musical? Yeah. And they, best they, supporting actor drama. Yeah. They break it down into categories. Or sorry. No, best actor, comedy, musical, best actor, drama. But then the yeah. supporting actor is any role. Yep. So they, they do that. Um, and then Poor Things. And this one actually sounds kind of interesting. Emma Stone, Willem Dafoe, and wow, what's his name? 
I just lost his name. Uh, Mark Ruffalo is in it. And Willa. How or, could you forget Mark Ruffalo? It's pretty easy. Um, Emma Stone plays like a Frankenstein's bride type character that is being has been brought back to life and goes on this whirlwind tour with a lawyer and uh, much to the chagrin of her creator, so to speak. But she won for Best Performance by a Female in Comedy or Musical. It also won Best Musical or Comedy. So I, I'm interested to see that one. Um, another win, Other winners, Boy and the Blue Heron for Best Animated Feature. My daughter went and saw that and said it was great. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's a Studio uh, Ghibli film, and, you know... If you've seen all, some of their other films, like Spirit Away and uh, stuff like that, Howl's Moving Castle, it, you know the animation is just amazing. It, it, it really is. It really not, is. Not, not just not just the animation, the music that goes along with it. Yep. And then uh, Paul Giamatti won for Best Actor in a Comedy or Musical, and then went straight to In and Out Burger. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, Divine Joy Randolph also won. They were both in the holdovers together. She won for Best Supporting Actress. Lily Gladstone won Best Actress in a Drama for Killers of the Flower Moon. And, you know, want, want Barbie, who was nominated, the movie was nominated for nine awards, only took away two, and that is cinematic and box office performance and original song. That's it. What do you think they're going to win? Best I, picture? I don't know. I don't know why nominated. If it's almost like we're just going to nominate something to make fun of it. Well, you can get nominated for a few different reasons. But this bodes well for you know my my rant about Ryan Gosling winning the Oscar over Robert Downey Jr. So it bodes well there. Hey, hey, like like I said, just because you win the Golden Globe doesn't mean you're going to win the Oscar. I understand that. Uh, Benicio Del Toro's Frankenstein has lost its monster, uh, Andrew Garfield, to the dreaded scheduling conflict due to the actor strike. Uh, Jacob Elordi, who has been in uh, recently Saltburn on Amazon Prime, will be taking over the role. And uh, we've already had Steven Yoon drop from an upcoming film, and now Garfield, what's next? That's the problem with that's one of these residual effects from the actor strike, really. Yeah. Is you've put all these movies off, and now we're getting ready to get back into it. And the movies that were still scheduled to start production now are getting still getting ready to start production. And it doesn't matter that you've created all these other movies that got pushed because of the actor strike. So it'll be interesting to see what happens as we've talked about. We've had movies move. We've now had actors change and all that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and unfortunately you know it's not gonna end anytime soon we're probably gonna see a few movies canceled as well it's possible before the end of the year um and then finally we talked about him already but i had to talk about this story because i thought it was funny uh christopher nolan also won the new york critics film circle award for directing uh he takes peloton classes apparently And he was giving his acceptance speech, and he said, I was on my Peloton doing a high interval workout, and I'm dying. Uh, The instructor started talking about one of my films. It was Tenant. Have you ever seen that one? I have not. It's a pretty good one. It is a little... (laughs) But, uh, and she said, has anyone seen this? Because that's a couple of hours of my life I'll never get back again. And everybody, of course, started laughing and... Um, you know, he says, you know, when Rex Reed, who is a film critic, takes a, takes a you know, mm-hmm. on one of my films, he doesn't ask you to go work out. He says, in today's world where opinions are everywhere, there is a sort of idea that film criticism is being democratized. But I, for one, think the critical appreciation of films shouldn't be an instinct, but it should be a profession. Does that mean we need to quit our day jobs and just do this? I I thought this was our day job. Okay. 
You do other things? I, I do. I got lots. Wow. Lots of things that I do. Dave's got a lot on his plate. But then, of course, is a rebuttal because it helps her to keep her, herself in the news and keep herself relevant, uh, the critic said. But you know what, Christopher Nolan? I've seen Oppenheimer twice, and that's six hours of my life I never want to get back. So how sweet was that? No. Nah. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> that's a little... <laughs> Of the bum bum. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> Box office for this week. Number five, anyone but you stays right where it was the week before. $9.7 million on a total of $43.9 million. Uh, Migration. We went and saw that movie. Yep. Uh, last week at three. This week at four. It pulls in $9.9 million for the week. A total of $77.5 million. Aquaman is not doing terrible. Mm-hmm. Not doing great either. Uh, two, number two last week. Number three this week I with Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. We're going to do. Yeah, ten point six million dollars last week. Total of a hundred million dollars. The new one, Night Swim, pulls in at number two with eleven point seven. And this is the strange thing because even though Night Swim was a new movie, Wonka comes out with a fourteen million dollar week and. Uh, Adds to his total of 164.3 million, and that was a good movie. Yeah, it was a really good movie. Don't I like that one. Chocolate Man. That's true. Anybody, everybody loves Chocolate Man. Oompa Oompa That's Dave. Right. The music has started. I have to dance. Yes, you can't stop once the music has started. <laughs> All right. So today we went and saw a movie. We're going to talk about the Beekeeper. Uh, how about Jason Statham movies? Since we're in that kind of vein, sounds yeah. like a good thing to do. We'll talk about some of them, and then something that we've wanted to talk about for a while, and we haven't found the right time to do it. But this seems like a pretty good time to do it. We're going to talk about soundtracks. Soundtracks. All right. But first, we got to have an honest movie review. It's now time for another Honest Movie Review. Today, we go back to 1995 and look at Cutthroat Island, the action-adventure flick starring Gina Davis. We set sail for Cutthroat Island! More gold, jewels, and thunder than you've ever dreamed of. I'm gonna split you open. Give me the map. Give me a kiss first. One of the biggest box office bombs of all time, and for good reason. MGM should have just made a porno. It might have been better. It would have been cheaper, and certainly more honest. Can't wait to speak with you again next week. So this movie was really bad. In Classic. Fact, it, I think it goes down as one of the worst movies ever made. I may well, be wrong there, well, but there's a definition. It's it's your own personal definition of worst movie, I guess. Like I can think way. two off the top of my head that came out this year. Yeah, I know. You made an oath not to talk about The Flash anymore. <laughs> hey, hey, I didn't say a word. You said it. Okay. But yeah, that, that was a bad movie. Um, Rennie Harlan, I believe, was the director of this one. I think so. And he was married to Gina Davis yeah, at the time and, and fought to, make, to have he, her in it. He wanted to make her an action star. Yeah, it didn't work didn't work although she was really good in the long kiss good night with samuel l jackson yes that was a good flick all right so coming up we're going to talk about the beekeeper so you stick around everyone on set shut up shut up these two buffoons are about to talk about a new release dave and ryan's movie review segment one action what's more exciting than a brand new release to the movie theater according to dave and ryan Nothing. They're the first to see it. So you're the first to hear about it. All right. So we went and saw a movie. We did. And it was pretty, not too bad. 
Yeah. Pretty, pretty not too bad. That's a new way of rating movies. Uh, we went and saw The Beekeeper. Now, this movie is rated R for violence and language. Uh, hour 54 minutes. So it didn't seem like it played that long, really. No, not really. No. Uh, Jason Statham, Josh Hutcherson, Jeremy Irons, Felicia Rashad, and Minnie Driver. Those are probably the only people you're going to recognize in this movie. Yep. And Minnie Driver is in it for the blink of an eye. Yeah. Uh, I think Amber Heard was in Aquaman, The Lost Empire, longer. <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, what, whatever. Uh, one <laughs> man's brutal campaign for vengeance takes on national stakes after he is revealed to be a former operative of a powerful and clandestine organization known as... The Beekeeper. So let's get into this movie. Uh, I was really torn when this movie ended. That's usually when we get done watching a movie and it ends in the theater. Ryan looks at me and he says, what do you think? That's with every movie. Uh, Dave's usually standing, giving a standing clapping ovation or he's crying or Uh he's just dumbfounded. Uh, Usually dumbfounded. Yeah. At least half of that. Um, I was very torn in this movie because I thought that some of the acting in this movie was not very good. Yeah. The especially especially the mercenaries that they bring in at the end of the movie. Yeah, they, looked they like, looked like they were uh what what is that video game? Um I think like Fallout where like they're dressed up really weird. Yeah, they're like everybody's dressed like you could pick them out because they don't yeah. look like they belong yeah. at this yeah. party. There's some fancy party and then like these guys look like they got them off the Vegas strip. Yes, but uh go a little bit more in depth into it. Jason Statham is for lack of a better word, the, uh, uh, he's a beekeeper. And yep. Felicia Rashad, he has been renting property on her property to take care of his bees. Felicia Rashad one day has issues with her computer, and a very mean, terrible company sends an alert saying, we can help you fix your computer. She sends them all of her information, and they wipe out her everything, yeah, including $2 million that was set aside that she, for a charity that she was just kind of... She was the director of... The, she, was direct, she was the director of a charity. Yeah. So they took everything she had. And um, one night, she in, in her guilt, I would say, I guess, because she just didn't know what to do with it, um, she ends up uh, killing herself, taking her own life. Yeah. And Jason Statham is very not happy because they were really good friends. He's one of the only... What did she say? She was one of the only people that took care of him yep. or that looked out for him. And her daughter is there and arrests Jason Statham because she is in the FBI. Yeah. And then they find out more about what's going on. And you come to find out that Jason Statham is a retired member of this organization that takes care of, quote unquote, the hive. And they are known as beekeepers. And they are pretty, pretty brutal people. Yeah. You know, the concept of the whole uh, beekeeper movie Sounds amazing. That's like, what I they, said, they, yeah. They, they could have expanded this a lot more. I hope they uh, pursue uh, with future movies, either prequels, sequels, TV This would make a great TV series. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, it does set it up for a sequel. Yes. But, uh, yeah, that's that's where I was with it. Like, the acting in the movie, some parts weren't wasn't great. Yeah. Um, the action was awesome, though. Stylized action. Think along the lines of, like, action that you would see in, like, a John Wick or a Jason Bourne movie. We talked yeah. about that. Um, but as you even said, and maybe I'll let you take over as far as what you were talking about when, you, when we're talking about the story. Yeah, so, like, with the whole story of the movie is basically, um, you know, he's taking revenge. Um, 
because uh, they take advantage of an elderly woman that was taking care of him. And so the whole the whole concept of like the beekeepers, you know, it's a great idea. It's it's not an original idea. Um, you know, Jason Bourne worked for Treadstone, which was a shadow organization. Can we even talk about that? <laughs> Ryan's dead. But uh, yeah, you know, so it's not a, like an original story, but it's kind of like a cool take it and twist it into like a cool concept, you know, with yeah. the whole beekeeper, you know, um, because uh, during the throughout the whole time uh, of the film, um, she finds um, a book about the beekeepers and it's talking about different types of bees and stuff. And base, and there's a bee called uh, the queen killer, queen slayer, queen killer, yeah, which yeah. is kind of what they think he is. Um, you know, I won't give a whole lot of uh, stuff you know any spoilers or stuff like that out but it is a really cool movie um uh you know it was this movie was directed by david Iyer, which uh some of you might know he's he does did, a lot with dc yeah, he did he did deputy he did bright he did suicide squad uh fury was a good one uh the cinematography in this movie was great too uh it was by gabriel i'm gonna slaughter this name burstein okay yeah, uh, and you might recognize him from something. He hasn't done a whole lot of stuff, but most recently he he did the Black Widow movie. He's done a lot of TV shows and like Aaron Carter and MacGyver and stuff like that. So they had you know they had really good uh, cast and crew. Uh, the the crew was amazing. The cast, as you said, some of the acting was a little. The the main um, I guess mercenary at the end confused me a little bit. Little bit. Yeah. You can't tell if he's if he is Spanish or if he is Irish. Yeah, and he's got one leg. That's all that matters. <laughs> he's a pirate, <laughs> and it's there you go, and it's, it plays into it. But the other thing that I did like about it too is the villains were terrible, just as they should be. They they yeah. were horrible, horrible people, and you really, sadly, you really didn't feel bad when bad things happened to them. Yeah, you know, they, they work for basically they're cyber thieves. And they work in the call center, basically. And it's the one main guy at each call center. He's like the over-the-top theatrical uh, businessman. And <laughs> they, things don't turn out well for either, either of them. Either one of them. Yeah. Either one. So at the end of the day when we went and saw this, I've got, I gave this one three and a half buckets out of five. I like this movie. I really did. I like the story. I like the idea behind it. And I would like to see more of it. Yeah. At the end of the day, Dave, I gave it. <laughs> Three popcorn buckets. I think they could take this and expand on it and come up with a whole cool little type of universe, kind of like you know how like the, like a John Wick universe or a Jason Bourne, you know, something like that where they can, you know, stamp out a bunch of different type of movie ideas and stuff like that to keep us in, because we as a, us as men love these type of movies, action-packed, gun-toting, justice movies. Blow stuff up movies. Yes. It's a good time. Yes. It's a good time in the theaters. Leave the kiddos yeah, home. This is this definitely movie. a guy movie. Uh, take your buddies. Go out and watch it. Don't try any of it at home. No. <laughs> uh, well, maybe the stapler thing. <laughs> no. You might be able to get away. Dave, maybe we'll try that next Dave. time. Dave. Don't make me go get the stapler. Okay. And if you haven't had enough talk about Jason Statham, we're going to come back and we're going to talk more about Jason Statham movies. So stick around. Hey, idiots. We're back from commercial. Dave and Ryan's movie review segment two and action. 
All right, so this week we're going to take some time. We're going to talk about Jason Statham and some Jason Statham movies. I honestly think he is maybe, maybe one of the most underrated action stars. I I wouldn't say that. You wouldn't say that? No. Because he hasn't really. I mean, it seems like the movies that he does where it's just him, he's great in companion pieces. He really is. Uh But the movies that he does that's just him, they don't do very well. You just said that twice. What? You said if it's just him, he does great. If it's just him, he doesn't oh, do great. No, I said if he does if he does a companion piece, like with other oh, people is okay. what I meant. It, it They seem to do good, but when it's just movies with just him, maybe not as much. I don't know. But we'll talk about him, and we're going to talk about some of his movies. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to let you go ahead and start and give everybody a little background on Jason Statham. Okay, so uh, Jason here, he was born in Chartook, the United Kingdom. Shire, you know, Shiretook, that's a fun little name to say. I'm from Shiretook. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he's actually married to another actress, uh, Rosie Huntington-Whiteley. You might know her from the Transformer movie. She replaced uh, Megan Fox and Mad Max Fury Road. She was one of the, the wives, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, he grew up uh, with uh, fellow actor Vinnie Jones, who uh, introduced him to football or soccer, uh, which he actually played in grammar school, and he also had a passion for diving. He was actually a member of the British National uh, the British National Swimming Squad for 12 years, and actually competed in the 1990 Commonwealth Games in the 10 meter, three meter, and the one meter. So. Professional athlete right there. So, he's, you know, he's got... He's already built for he's action He's got the movies. look. Yeah. That's right. Built for action. Yeah. But he was also a model in the early 90s. Uh, for, uh, he was in a few music videos. Um, in 1996 to 97, he was a model for uh, Tommy Highflyer, uh, Griffin, Levi, and uh, The French Connection is actually uh, where he met uh, Guy Ritchie. The director was when he was working for the French uh, Connection, which uh, actually he gave him his uh, start in movies, uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, which he actually starred with Vinnie Jones. So, and and Vinnie Jones is one of those, I love Vinnie Jones because he's just one of those brooding background characters. Yeah, well, Vinnie Jones was actually a professional uh, footballer in uh, England. And if maybe people would remember Vinnie Jones from, I believe it was Deadpool 2. Where he played Juggernaut? No, it, it was. It was oh no, Ryan X-Men. Reynolds played. It, it was, was one of the X Men movies. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, Vinnie Jones, he's he's in a lot of Guy Ritchie movies as well. He is, but yeah. he is. He's just one of those brooding background baddies most of the time. Yeah, well, well, he when he was a professional football player, he played on. Uh, uh, a team that was known as the most rough and aggressive teams. You know, they didn't really play the game of football or soccer. They basically just beat the crap out of that. That was the team. only reason they played. Yeah, and yeah, you know, all right. the, the team actually got disbanded for it. <laughs> and the one now I remember, he was in Gone in sixty seconds. Yeah, he was Sphinx. Yep, because he never said a word through the whole movie. <laughs> so they, that was his nickname was Sphinx. Yeah. Okay, so I I've pulled a couple of my favorite Jason Statham movies. And the first one's going to make you chuckle because of the way I talk about the <coughs> franchise in and of itself. Uh, but one of my favorites is Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Okay, yeah. This is a great, fun movie. And I only know this because uh, one Thanksgiving morning, we do X, Y, and Z here at the station. The station kind of runs itself on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I have to stay up and I, and I was listening to make sure that things were going the way that they were. But I can do that from home. So I was looking for something to watch that morning just to keep myself occupied. 
And at first, I turned on that Harley Quinn suicide, not the Suicide Squad, the... Birds of Prey? Yeah, that one. I turned that one on. I had to turn it off. Yeah, it, it could have been better. Yeah, not not even... <clears throat> not even Ethan... What's his name? Ewan. Ewan McGregor. Not yeah. even Ewan McGregor could save that movie as far as I was concerned. He anyway, tried. Flipped around, and I found... Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. Now, this movie stars uh, Jason Statham, of course. Mm. Dwayne Johnson. The Rock. The Rock. Uh, Vanessa Kirby, she was in Mission Impossible and Napoleon. She was Josephine in Napoleon. Yep. Um, and then Helen Mirren, who you find out is Jason Statham's mom yeah. in the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, Vanessa Kirby plays his sister, and I, I've still yet to find a movie that was bad that this guy was in, because I just think he's fabulous. Idris Elba. Plays the villain in this one. Yeah. And uh, Luke Hobbs and outcast Deckard Shaw, which is who um, Jason Statham plays. They they create an alliance when they're uh, trying to hunt down a cyber genetically enhanced, which is Idris Elba. Yep. Uh, villain who threatens the future of humanity. And it's kind of cool because there's even a quick cameo in this from Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then when they go back and, and they defend, I mean, yes, you throw all reality out the window when at the very end of the the, the, the last battle scene where all of um, all of Dwayne Johnson, Luke Hobbs, all of his family is yeah. helping them defend these guys. I mean, we've got guys hanging from chains off of helicopters and and trucks are hanging over the edge. And and I believe at one point, even The Rock pulls a truck back over the edge by a chain. Of course I mean, I does. think this all happens in this movie. So you got to disband your belief. But yeah. it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. And if you if you should happen to find it on, you know, a streaming service, give it a watch. It's pretty good. And like I said, I kind of look at that one and, and think that it's kind of strange that I like it because I'm not really into the uh, Fast and Furious movies. There is talk of a sequel that they are working on, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. They left it open for a lot. They did. They did. And I, I, I liked it. You have a few other uh, yeah, so, Jason so, Statham so movies. I, you know, I kind of gathered um, some of the movies that I liked and didn't like kind of, you know, just kind of a collection of his movies. One of my all-time favorite movies is Snatch. That was a good movie. It was a great movie. Except for the fact that you couldn't understand what anybody was saying. This is true. This you got to watch that movie with captioning on it. <laughs> yeah. But basically, he, uh, Jason plays a uh, kind of like a, a promoter, uh, a fighting promoter, and um, his uh, champion uh, gets knocked out by a gypsy played by Brad Pitt. And so he convinces uh, the gypsy to fight, and he's supposed to lose, but he doesn't lose, and kind of all heck breaks loose. It's it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's there's a lot of a lot of famous names in that movie. That is that's a that is a fun movie actually. I yeah. really enjoyed that one. But then also you know there's Ghost of Mars, which was kind of a flop. Uh, the one. Uh, he was in that with Jet Li. Uh, mean Machine is actually another one of my favorite ones. It's basically the uh, UK's version of The Longest Yard, where um, a famous uh, athlete uh, ends up going to prison, and they kind of set up a game between the, the guards and uh, the inmates. And uh, actually, Jason Statham plays the crazy goalie. Which is interesting, because that was the name of the team in The Longest yes. Yard. Yes, yes it was. So... Yeah, but, um, you know, then there's uh, the Transporter series. He was in those, uh, the first three. Uh, the Italian Job, the 
the remake, which was a very good movie that actually had uh, Mark Wahlberg in it, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then there was Cellular, Crank 1 and 2, In the Name of the King of Dudgeon Seas, which was just completely horrible. <laughs> Did you ever watch that I one, Dave? never have watched Don't that Don't do it. I'm okay. saving you now. And then, you know, there was the movie War, where he uh, was in with Jet Li again. Uh, and then there's The Bank Job, Death Race, uh, The Mechanic 1 and 2, Homefront, which was kind of a, a weird one. Did you ever see Homefront? I did not. He played kind of like a, a retired Marine. Uh, he moves into a small town and um, his with his daughter, and his do- daughter's getting bullied at school, and she basically clobbers the kid. And so, like, the family uh, runs, like, a drug cartel or whatever, and so they try to... Kind of like Walking Tall. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good movie. And then there was the movie Spy... Where he I was, actually, it, whenever I was looking up, because I was just looking up for lists of Jason Statham yeah. movies, that one for some reason was always on the top. I just don't like Melissa McCarthy. Neither do I. Yeah, and then of course there's the Meg series. <sighs> Can't forget the Meg. I heard they were making a third one. I think they are. They've got another book they got to do. <laughs> yeah, but you know th- those are kind of uh, the Jason Statham movies that um, I like and don't like. Um, take it or leave it. <laughs> so one of the ones that I picked, and, and you had mentioned it, but I picked this one for the reason of who's all in this one. I don't think there's ever been yeah. a, a cast like this before. But anyway, uh, The Expendables 3 came out in 2014, rated PG-13. Uh, you've got Stallone, Statham, Jet Li, Mel Gibson, Harrison Ford, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Antonio Banderas, Wesley Snipes, Dolph Lundgren, Kelsey Grammer's in this one, Ronda Rousey, and I just put for fun, and a partridge in a pear tree. Yay! Because there are so many people yeah, in this, this movie. This is like a who's who of action movies. Really, and what it basically boils down to is uh, Statham and Stallone have to go after Mel Gibson, Yep. and his name is... You can tell Stallone's right. He's, the guy, Gibson's character, Conrad Stonebanks. <laughs> What a villain. Yeah. Was actually the co-founder of the Expendables, and he's an arms trader who wants to get rid of Barney and every single one of his associates. It was a fun movie to watch. It, it was. was. It was a fun action movie. Uh, not as, you know, four was terrible, but three was pretty good. Yeah. And and like I said, you have to pick those movies because of just the cast that was in yeah. it alone. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, he, so uh, Jason's got a few upcoming movies coming out. Uh, obviously, there was the Beekeeper that we went and seen, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's one uh, coming out, uh, Levon's Trade. Uh, and on IMDb, the description: Levon uh, Concade left his profession behind to work construction to be a good dad to his daughter. But when a local girl vanishes, he's asked to return to the skills that made him a mystic figure in the shadowy world of counterterrorism. Did she get taken? She did. And then uh, another movie coming out: A uh, Small Dark Look. And the only description they had on there was uh, the Russian, ru- the, 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 the Russian mafia in London, and then also Fast X Part Two. That's right. Because why? Because we live our lives quarter mile at a time. That's right. So those are some great Statham movies. Go go see them. You know what? And the other thing about Statham is yes, he's he's primarily been in action movies, maybe a couple of comedies or comedy action movies. They kind of go hand in hand yeah. anyway. Um, but I believe Jason Statham is a very good actor. I think he really is. He's he's a different actor. Most of the time he plays basically the same character. You know, the angry, scruffy guy. Who likes to blow stuff up. Yeah. 
Nothing wrong with that. But it works for him, so don't criticize him for what work. That's right. Maybe it's the look. Maybe he just has the look that makes it work. You saying he should grow hair? Mm, I don't know. I'm not going to. He's got to keep his swimmer body. That's true. Or his diver body. Very, very true. All right. So there, we've talked enough about Jason Statham. Uh, One thing that we've always wanted to talk about on here is uh, soundtracks. And Ryan and I have kind of broke some down, talked about some, and we're going to break it down, too, for other people that may not know. There is a difference between a soundtrack and then the music that you hear in the background. And we're going to talk about all of that coming up right here on Dave and Ryan's Movie Review. So stick around. All right, imbeciles. Everyone quiet down. Dave and Ryan's Movie Review, Segment 3, and action. Okay, so, you know, a lot of people will look at a movie, and we've got a story about one of these soundtracks, that without the soundtrack, a movie is a completely different movie, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, the soundtrack, you know, it's it's basically kind of a character in a movie. Or, you know, it, it either draws you in or it pushes you out. You know, it's meant to, you know, basically pull on your emotions. It's, it's what it's supposed to do. It doesn't always do it, but it's what it's supposed to do. And, you know, we were talking about this the other day with Jordan, and we were talking about the fact that James Gunn, when he put the first soundtrack together for Guardians of the Galaxy, he even came out and said, it's a character. Yeah. The soundtrack is a character in this movie, and uh, he he proved that time and time again with with Guardians 2 and Guardians 3. Great soundtracks, all of them. Oh, yeah. I didn't care for 3 too much, but that's okay. But, yeah, the other all the soundtracks there were great. And I think the other thing that we want to talk about today, too, is there's a difference between the soundtrack, which is, you know, music that you hear in the movie. Uh, 90% of the time, it's like music that you'd hear on the radio. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And then the score. And the score can really change your complete and total feelings of a movie as well. Oh, yeah. And so we're going to let Ryan talk a little bit about that, and then we'll get into it all here. So, Ryan, go ahead and take it away, sir. Okay, well, I'm going to start, you know, the difference between a soundtrack and a score. You know, the the actual definition, a score is a specific musical piece or original music that accompanies a scene or a moment in the film, and a soundtrack is a compilation of songs and sounds that comp- uh, compromise all of the film's music, comprises of all the film's music. So, for, like, example of uh, music score artists, there's John Williams, Hans Zimmer, and Danny Elfman. Now, uh, examples of good mo- uh, movie scores in movies, Star Wars, you know, you hear that score, you know exactly what it is. Jurassic Park, The Godfather, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and The Lord of the Rings. You hear that music, you know exactly what movie it is, and there's no words. It's just, you know, the movie score, you know, it, it, it sets the mood of the film. It takes you back. Yeah. Now, and I'll, the one that always gets me, I mean, yes, yeah, Star Wars is always going to get everybody in the Superman soundtrack yeah. and Indiana Jones and stuff. But the one that always gets me is I, I don't know if you've ever really sat and listened to the score and it's from Jurassic Park, but it's the one that's just the straight piano that starts everything out. Yes. And it gives you that dun, dun, dun. And it slowly just starts building, yep. and then you're like, you're there, and it, and once again, John Williams, yeah, unbelievable. You know, it, you know, it's you're starting out, and it's taking you into that world. It's pulling you into the world, and you know, the Lord of the Rings does it too. You yes. know, it's you know, um, it so- starts off soft, and it builds and builds, and then it brings you right in when right when they're about to do something heroic, the big sweeping, and 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 with. 
Well, with every soundtrack, too, but the Lord of the Rings, especially, you've got those big sweeping vistas that, yes. you know, and it just, it does. It carries you right into that. Yep. So so that is the difference between a soundtrack and a score. So and, let, and, let's talk about soundtrack. And we, now. well, we talked about that really, just really quick. And I, I was telling you, one of the first ones that I can remember that they had issues with was the 89 Batman movie, 88, 89, with the first Keaton Batman. Mm hmm. And everybody rushed out and bought that soundtrack <laughs> yeah. because they thought, oh, I'm going to get that great. At the time, they didn't realize it, but I'm going to get that great Danny Elfman score on this album. And they get it back. And it was basically a conceptual album by Prince. Yeah. And so they had to actually change the name of that album. And I believe it was one of the first ones that they did that with to music from and inspired by. The original motion picture, yeah, so, Batman. So you usually, um, when they nowadays when they uh, release the music for the movie, there's a score uh, um, album and there's a soundtrack album. The soundtrack has all the movies from like fame, like th those are the songs that will win like best song of the year. Right. The score is there's no words and it's just kind of like mood setters. Right. And they have actually an Oscar for musical score. Yep. As well. So you've got that, and then they actually turned around afterwards once they realized what they'd done, and they released a second album that was just the score by Danny Elfman mm -hmm. to try and make things right. So I, I picked a couple of soundtracks, and, and one of my favorites, and I told, I was like, you know what? Why is it such a good soundtrack? Because there's not a bad song on it. <laughs> and it's 1984's Purple Rain by Prince. Purple Rain! This makes up for the Batman album. Does it? Yeah, yes, because when you think about the songs that are on this album, these were all huge hits for him. Let's Go Crazy. Yeah. Um, Darling Nikki. Everybody steers clear of that one. That's a great song. Uh, when Doves Cry, I Would Die For You, and of course, Purple Rain. Mm -hmm. And that album right there is it was that it was his album. He could, he did the movie and all the music that was on it. That album was a great, great album. And yeah. a lot of I still own it today. The album, not the CD, not on my phone, the album. I still have that. The vinyl record? Fabulous songs. Fabulous songs. Nice. Yep. And uh, sold over 25 million copies. And here's, so 12, it came out in, in 84. Uh-huh. In 1996, it was given diamond status. Ooh. So it just keeps getting better and better for that one. Yeah. So that is, I think that's one of my favorite soundtracks. It's a good soundtrack. It is a great soundtrack. And then my second one, before we get into the list of the top soundtracks, I had to throw in there mostly because it's just me, uh, 1980s Flash Gordon, because oh. the whole thing was done by Queen. I, ha I have that CD. <laughs> the orchestration, all the songs, everything in it was done by Queen. Yes. Flash. Exactly. Ah. And if you don't know Flash Gordon, you've probably Shame seen- Shame on you. You've probably seen Blades of Glory- so you'll know that song right there. Yeah, or, or if you've seen uh, the movie Ted, they're obsessed. They with are him. obsessed with Flash Gordon, the movie. Um, sadly, though, it actually was released as Queen's eighth album, and it only sold 3.1 million copies. Shame. It is a shame because it's a great album. It is. It's a great album. A lot of fun on that one. All right. So let's talk soundtracks of all time. Okay. So uh, I got a list here of uh, a bunch of different soundtracks, the, the greatest of all time. Uh, they're in no no particular order um, when I made this list. So, uh, but Eight Mile had one of the great uh, soundtracks. Eminem won Eminem an Oscar. Yeah, 
You know, everybody loved that album just because of uh, Lose Your... Lose, lose Yourself. And I thought it was fabulous because Barbara Streisand pre- presented Eminem with his 8-mile Oscar. Yeah. Fabulous. And then there's The Breakfast Club. Another Everyone great movie. It was really... It was the movie of a generation, honestly. Forget about me. Another one of those John Hughes movies yeah. that everybody went and saw. And there's uh, the movie Grease, their soundtrack. That was a musical, yeah. so... Uh, and also, speaking of musicals, there's Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge was different. Yeah. They, I remember uh, I was in high school when that came out, and everybody had that album. That's when you found out that Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman could sing. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Not bad. Who would have thought Obi-Wan Kenobi could sing? And, and that's the thing, too, about some of these albums that are musical albums, is you realize that. It's like, I had no clue they could sing. Yeah. And then uh, moving on, there's uh, Train Spotting. I just have one question. Yes. About train spotting. Yes, it was a great soundtrack. Yeah. Fabulous soundtrack. Are you going to talk about the baby? I was going to ask you what happened to the baby, man. I watched a movie. Nobody knows. <laughs> the, the, Everybody I ask, nobody knows. Yeah. And then uh, there's Top Gun. I'm going to date myself right now. The Top Gun soundtrack came out when I was in eighth grade. And it was one of those things during the summer that if you were anywhere hanging out with your friends, it was on in the background. Yeah. Oh, it's a great, great. It is. Beginning to end, too. It's another one of those. Danger Zone. One of my favorite songs from that whole soundtrack. You can have your Danger Zone. You can have your uh, Harold Faltemeyer's Top Gun theme. You can have your. um, Are you going to go playing with the boys? Playing with the boys is a great tune, man. (laughs) Yeah. I'm uh, sorry. I, even even the new Top Gun, they had uh, the song by uh, Lady Gaga, which was amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Donnie Darko, another movie great. that I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, that's it, a weird. That's a weird music. <laughs> weird, weird. Yeah. But uh, then there's Space Jam. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, great, good soundtrack. You Not know, bad. for that um, for the time there. You know, in the '90s there with yep. Michael Jordan. Yep. And then uh, Forrest Gump was actually, uh, we talk a lot about that soundtrack. We do talk a lot about the Forrest Gump soundtrack because you know, uh, Jordan shared the story with us that Paramount, who put that movie out, yep. uh, when they didn't want the soundtrack, one, because it was going to be very expensive. Yeah, because it is it is an amazing soundtrack. There's so many different songs because it, take, you know, it takes place in the 60s, and during that time, you got all those classic... Uh, well, it really, it goes back from the 50s all the way to the 90s, yes. really, and so there's a, a gamut of songs there, and they didn't want to pay for all the rights for those songs, so they took the executives from Paramount into the theater, had them watch it without the soundtrack... And then had them watch it with the soundtrack, and they're like, okay, go get the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. You got to have it. You know, there's, that's a great example it, of the mu- the music is a character. It is. It tells the story. Yep. And then uh, moving on there, we have Dirty Dancing. Come, Come on. on, Swayze. Come on. <laughs> yep. Uh, Lost in Translation. Great uh, movie. That was a great movie. Uh, Garden State. I've never seen that movie. You've never seen it? I've never seen it. My wife loves it, so yeah, maybe I guess I should sit down yeah, and watch it's, it. Yeah, you know, it's an independent film. Right. It actually, uh, I think, I believe it won some awards at Sundance. Is, is, correct me, is Justin Long in that one, or is it Topher Grace? Uh, no, it's um, Zach Braff. <laughs> oh, okay, Zach Braff. I'm, yeah. I'm wrong on both accounts. Yeah. And then one of my favorite, not just movies, but uh, soundtracks is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That's right. That... The music in that was amazing. It really was. Yeah, and you know the the song they sing, uh, the um, uh, I'm constant sorrow. Constant sorrow yeah, yeah, you know that. You know that basically is a big part of the movie. It gets them out of basically uh, prison. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then of course there's Saturday Night Fever that really defined a generation. Yes. 
Uh, the Bodyguard. Everybody knows that one song from The, the Bodyguard. One song, yep. And I Thank you. will always love Dave. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Okay. But uh, there's also Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. That was my wife and I were talking the other night about soundtracks because I told her we were going to talk about that. And I, I, we were talking about, you know, um, the Purple Rain soundtrack, and we talked about Flash Gordon, and we talked about the Batman soundtrack, and I brought up the Forrest Gump soundtrack, and she's like, what about Pulp Fiction? Yeah. And that was another one that had a lot of great songs on it. Yeah. I didn't care much for the movie, but the soundtrack was amazing. soundtrack was mm-hmm. amazing. And then uh, last on my list is The Lion King. I'm gonna no. I'm I'm done. No, it was it, it was. But you had when you bring that one up though, you had a run. Yeah. Of great movie soundtracks from Disney. You oh, had yeah. The Lion King. You had Aladdin. You had Beauty and the Beast. And then they started getting into um, you know, like the the Lion King lyrics were by Elton John. Yes. You know, um, so, and he also did um an Aida that wasn't them. But he also, uh, you know, and then you had Phil Collins that came in for Tarzan oh, yeah. and for Brother Bear. And you had all these great artists doing soundtracks for Disney that really helped and paid off, to and be honest. They, and then you. they came out with Atlantis. And then they came out with Atlantis that Ryan hated. Because, you know why you hated it? There's no score. It doesn't have a no. big soundtrack. No. Does not. Not at all. Um, another couple that we were talking about the other day that I thought was funny was... Um, Cocktail. Oh, yeah. Remember the movie Cocktail? Yeah. That was another one that was good from beginning to end. Cocktail was great because and I can't even remember how we got on that that kick. Uh, the other one, too, that we talked about, unbelievable soundtrack, Pretty Woman. Oh, yeah. Had a fabulous soundtrack. All right. So I, I hope we didn't bore you too much in talking about music and soundtracks, but they are an integral part of the movie. You've yes. got to have them. You can't not. So try watching a movie with just the captions on and no and no sound. Absolutely, that sound is a huge thing. That might be another good one. Yeah. Let's talk about foley artists and what they do. You you, you know actually know uh, what I'm in. You know, speaking of foley artists and sound, you know uh, that the new uh, series on Disney Plus, Echo. Yes, that one looks interesting Cause, too. Because the main character is deaf. She, she's deaf, and so you know, sound is going to have to play a big part in that not to get off on too big of a tangent but her and daredevil team up together and how would you like to be the guy that said yeah i got my butt kicked by a blind chick and a deaf dude yeah but no you're absolutely right sound is a huge huge thing and and that was part of the daredevil series is when he would get ready to fight he would just completely and and it would go silent yep and he could hear he could hear heartbeats yeah so yeah, you know, you know, just a quick little thing about you know foley artists. You got to remember, uh, George Lucas had to invent what a blaster sounds like. Yes, nobody so, knew. Yeah, so we do now. Pew yeah. pew pew pew. Yeah, so you Who know, knew? you know, speaking of sound, you know, stuff like that. I th- I think that is a good topic. I we think we'll cover. write that down and we'll yeah. cover that on later on. All right, everybody, get out, have a fun, go see a movie this weekend, go to your theaters, yeah. enjoy them, get out and have a good time. It's what they're there for. And stay warm. Stay most definitely stay warm. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Ciao. Dave and Ryan's movie review.